Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Good morning. Good? Good morning. How y'all doing? You know, this morning I woke up, early this morning, with a concert. I think we had every dove in Lake County in my backyard singing. And you, it just echoed within in the house. Even Our house usually doesn't take that much noise from outside, but it's like these doves that walked into our bedroom and started singing. And I, and I knew something then, right then while I was hearing those doves sing, that this Sunday is going to be a very special Sunday for some of you. Possibly all of us, all right? Because uh, God's word never returns void, does it? Never returns void. This morning, I, I'm going to be talking on Matthew 5, but not exclusively. So, Father God, we just thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you for the longest message recorded in the Gospels of Jesus speaking to men and women. And Father God, may you, by your Holy Spirit, anoint me as a giver of the word. Just desire that. You know, it's all about yielding to him. And he does mighty things. He does mighty things. We have to start this journey in Matthew chapter 5 by going back to Matthew chapter 4 to find out why all these people gathered on the mount. What drew them to come in large numbers to hear a person called Jesus speak to them? And we have that record in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching there in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread over Samaria and people brought him all who were ill of various diseases, suffering serious pain, demon-possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and Denopolis and Jerusalem and Judea and the regions across the Jordan followed him. So that, that, that's what was happening in the, in the ministry of Jesus. And that was what gathered in the hunger of people to come and hear what this man had to say to hear what this man had to say. And, and to give you a little idea, you, know, you, ever, you ever get an Amplified Bible and read it just because you just want to get some more wordiness about what it said? What's One of the things that are core in the Sermon on the Mount is Amplified Law. Amplified Law. Jesus talked about the law and amplified it. 
and, and we'll find out why he did that. So what are some of the things he, he, he amplified? You know, he, he, in the amplification, he said, you know what, there's one thing, one thing my mission for all the people listening was fulfill the whole requirement of law. That's what I'm here for. I am to fulfill the whole requirement. Now, what's the requirement? Then he went into it. And some of them related to the Ten Commandments. Some of it related to uh, just a scripted law that, the, that they came up with uh, as an offspring. You, you can look at Deuteronomy. It's loaded with stuff. So he amplified certain things. He said murder. He said murder. Wow, you think that's bad, murder. But you know what? If you have anger in your heart towards anybody, you've murdered them. Yeah. He talked about adultery. Adultery. The act of adultery. And he said, you know what, guys? If you look at a woman and you lust in your heart for her, you've done the act. You've done the act. Then he talked about divorce. And divorce is rampant across our land. And, 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 if, and, if you, and he defined it, and he, and he defined it in a way that, that there is no, he, what he said was there's no, no room for divorce unless there's infidelity. Yet, divorce in our land is all for a lot of other reasons. Even we just can't get along together. Taking an oath. Taking an oath. You know, he, 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 he cleared our minds about how we should talk to God and how we should talk to each other. Plainly, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't try to put something on it. Because when you put something on it, you're destined to fail. An eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. You know, it's, it's, he talked about, you know, don't take your hurts and wait for a, an opportunity to hurt the person that hurt you. Instead, he went into giving. He went into giving. Have a heart to give in, restor in restoration to people that have hurt you. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. There was the next one. You know, he, he said, you know, he said, you here, you know, hate your enemies and love your friends. I'm telling you to step it up and love your enemies. Give to the needy. Give to the needy. And what he said in giving, keep it a secret. You know, I, 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 I knew I was supposed to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up a little bit here. Sorry about that, because there's something very important I heard uh, this week. It's about adultery and divorce or and these kind of things. We had, we had a shooting in Georgia. 
And one of the victims of that shooting was a man that worked for a maintenance company that was just in there doing maintenance. And, the, and one of the news medias interviewed his brother who just lost his brother in a shooting in Georgia. And in the opening comments in his interview on, on, the, on one of the network news channels, he said, you know what? I've come into relationship with the God Almighty. I, and the mandate I have, and he said this with, with passion, the mandate I have is to pray for that man that shot and killed my brother. That's my mandate because, because who I am and who I belong to. Then he said something interesting when it talks about, about uh, you know, whoever said the, Dwayne, he said, watch here how you'd handle your relationships. Then the man said something very ne ne uh, interesting on network news. He says, I have empathy for that man that shot my brother because for years I was addicted to pornography and God led me out of it. Amen. And so his addiction brought the murder of my brother. I forgive him. I pray that he gets free from his addiction. And I pray that he finds the God that I know. That was on the network news. That's about who we are. That's who we are in Christ. So I, I didn't want to, I, I flew by that. I didn't want to, I wanted to back up and share that. I think that's very relevant for today and what Jesus was teaching here. So he says, uh, uh, he said, love your enemies and giving to the needy. Giving to the needy, like I said, that should be done secretly. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Then he went into prayer, and we'll touch on that later in the message. And then he talked about fasting. Fasting. You know what? Uh, what I love in this church, I, I don't, when we do a fast and we do fast, I, I never see us uh, appear like we're fasting. It, it's another thing. It's between you and God when you fast. You don't have to say, make any comment about, oh man, I haven't eaten for five days, and oh, I haven't done this, and, and just go on and on about me, 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 because when you fast, it's about him, him, him. Then he, then he went on to say, then he went on to, in this sermon, starting to move into encountering the God that we know of. He said, Make sure your treasure is in heaven. Make, make, always focus your focus on heaven. It's nice to have a house. It's nice to have these things. But they're just gifts from God. And it's about your life and my life uh, all being all about the kingdom of heaven. And then, then he goes on to say, don't worry. I wrote that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, it, it, worry can destroy your life. And God is saying about how he's able to care for you, like the birds or the lilies of the field. Then he said, 
Don't judge. If, you, if you're going to judge somebody, judge yourself. And, and see and, and ask God to help you to develop in the person you ought to be. Don't spend time looking at other people's strengths or weaknesses. But look at them through the eyes of Jesus. Ask, seek, and knock. He talked about the God our Father is approachable. He's approachable. We can approach him. And, and, he, and he, won't, he won't hide himself from us. Then he goes on narrow and wide gates. You know, it's, uh, and few find it. Few find the God who loves them. Know that your Father loves you. And then he talked about true and false prophets. He said, you'll know them by their fruits. Then he talked about true and false disciples. And core of that is being not a person being known by other people, but a person being known by his relationship with God. That's a true disciple, that they walk and you see that in them, that they are a product of knowing their father's love. And then he talked about wise and foolish builders. What are you and I building our life on? Are we building on the truth that the Father loves you? He big time, big time. Now we'll back up. We'll back up in the sermon because he revealed his plan in the Beatitudes. He revealed his plan in the Beatitudes before he talked about the rest of the message. Of which the people that heard it said, man, this person, I never heard a person talk like this before. Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's, it's for 20-some years, I was not poor in spirit. For 20-some years, all I d talked about was me and myself. At a very early age, I rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then that rejection just led in more and more and more of the world in me and me participating in the world and not seeing myself as so bad. Seeing myself as sort of a good person, even though I was doing things that were just anti-God. I, you know, the way I treated women, the way I, I, I did life, it was the way I allowed anger to, to just 
uh, come out of me. I mean, I, I put my fist through windows. I put my foot through doors. I, I would just, anybody messed up with my world, I got angry. I was not poor in spirit. I was not poor in spirit. But it's that place, guys. It's that place when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals that you're not such a good guy. You're, you're, you're not so good as you think you are. But you are wanting. You have corruption in you. In fact, you're sinful. You're sinful. And when that, when that moment took place in my life, when I was confronted to the, with the fact that I was not such a good guy as I thought I was, but I was a sinner in need of a savior. That's poor in spirit. When I realize my lack. Then he said, go on, I said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When that moment hit in my life, when that moment hit my life, when, when I realized I was a sinner, I realized I was under the judgment of God, and, I, and, the, and the light went on about who Jesus was, that there was forgiveness in him, there was love of the Father in him, and I needed to give my life to him. At that point, with weeping and tears, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who see themselves as needy and needing a savior and needing the love of God in their life. When I, saw, when I came to that place and bowed down and wept before him and I, I said, Lord, I need you. I need your love and forgiveness. They will be comforted. At that moment, think about it. When you come to repentance and give your life to Jesus, who comes in? The comforter. The comforter. You will be comforted because when you yield to Jesus, the comforter comes into your life and starts this process of change and transformation. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Everything I was looking to satisfy my flesh was given to me when I gave my life to Jesus. And what meekness is a very strong word. It means, if I might say, not your will, but my your not my will, but your will be done. It's it's a word of strong submission to somebody over authority over you in giving him reign in your life. When I when I, when I began to give him reign in my life, God started opening up doors. They're just amazing, amazing. For you'll, in everything you thought you were chasing, chasing after to be satisfied is given to you in that relationship with Jesus. And, and meekness enters in. And, and just to say, not your will, not my will be done, but your will be done in my life. And he opens up all kinds of opportunities. Yeah. 
Then he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You're looking and I'm looking for fulfillment in life. That's an okay desire to be fulfilled in life. It comes by hungering and thirsting for righteousness. The fact of the matter, guys, when you hunger for God's word, that's the food that brings satisfaction. And, and, he, and he's saying it's hungering after him, hungering in relationship with him, hungering with connection with him, just having that every morning, you know, it, it, hungering after God is the breakfast of champions, not Wheaties, all right? So it's, it's hungering after him, hungering after him, and saying, God, today's the day. How do I serve you? How do I love you? How do I communicate your love to others? I'm yours and you're mine, and I'm going to walk life with you. Then he goes on to say, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, it's, uh, mercy is a very strong word, and it's, it's, it's like doing good to people that hurt you the worst. Because you and I, you and I, we received mercy when we came, came to, to the cross and came to Jesus Christ and invited him in our lives. We received mercy. We didn't receive what was due us. We received the mercy of God that, that he, he brought us into that relationship with him. Mercy is a, is a very, very strong word. It's a, it's a word that should be our marching word for life. When we meet people that hurt us or talk bad, of, bad about us, it's, it's an opportunity to show and demonstrate mercy because we've received mercy. We've received mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart. Where will, they'll see God. They'll see God. It's, 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 it's that place of seeing fully who we are in Christ Jesus. Do you see yourself forgiven? Do you see yourself loved? Do you see yourself empowered by him? And when, when you get that place of seeing what he's doing in our life and, and connecting with that not self-righteousness but imputed righteousness. Then we're blessed and you'll actually begin to see the operational operation of the Holy Spirit actively working in us. You know, it's, it's, it's a pure heart says to love your enemies. Pure heart is to not let destructive words that people talk, spoke over you or me to have any place to nest. It, it, it's, a, it's a very powerful thing to, to love your enemies and do good to those that persecute you. That's all about the pure heart pure at heart, and God, God wants to develop that relationship in you and myself. So, Then he goes on to say, blessed are the 
peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, it's, it's that determination to be at peace with all men and women. Be at peace. And, and really strive for that and go after that to be at peace with all people and, and be a peacemaker. Be a, the peacemaker is when you find people in strife, help them on the journey of healing. Help them on the journey of healing. You know, it's, a, it's and it's not saying, look at that guy, he's full of unforgiveness. No, it's not looking with words of condemnation. It's looking for the Holy Spirit for words of building up, not tearing down. That's a peacemaker. It's a peacemaker involved with bringing marriages together, relationships between brother and sister, employees and their bosses, and all that. I mean, hey, guys, we, if you're in the world, you're walking this life, you, Plenty of opportunities to be a peacemaker. And God is saying that's, that's core to, to knowing him. And he said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, along this journey of following Jesus, there is persecution. People may say unkind things to you. And to have the Jesus kind of walk is to respond correctly to their persecution and, and, and gravitate to people that would talk evil against you. That, that's, sort of, that's a Jesus kind of life. That's a Jesus kind of life. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Lots of opportunity. You know what? If you and I have a heart to really follow God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, this words from Jesus is preparation for opposition. And the preparation for opposition because we need to face opposition in a very different way than our human way. And it, and it, and it, and it, and it says it here, you know, they insult, persecute, and all kinds of evil against you. What do you do? What do you and I do when people say untruths or maybe a little truth about you or, or me and ourselves? as we're trying to walk this life out with Jesus. The answer is here. Rejoice and be glad. Yeah. Not fun, but rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. You see, right responses to people that would say hateful, hurtful, hurtful words over us is, is actually becoming in concert with the God that loves you and me. It says, great is your reward in kingdom when you have a God response 
to hateful words. For in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. Persecution is part of our journey, isn't it? People misunderstanding us, part of the journey. People really not liking us is part of the journey. But the part we play is a God response to it. That's the part we play. Not reacting, but be Christ-like actors. Because he reminds us, you are salt and you are light. You are salt and you are light. Do you see yourself as that? Do you, do you see yourself on the job where you go, people you work with, that you are salt and light? And you may be, for in any given circumstance, you may be the only salt and light that person will ever see. I, I was in a, in a business situation years ago. And, uh, and one of our biggest customers, one of our biggest customers had a change in the buyer that was buying products from our company. And um, he, he asked to have lunch with me and my father. I said, well, he's a client. We'll have lunch. We'll have lunch. And we went out to lunch and enjoyed the meal. And then he had something to say after the meal. He said, we're going to have lunch once a month. And the expectation in that lunch you give a large sum of money, you're going to bring cash if you even care to be doing business with the company I work for. Confront it with that. Confront it with that. And I looked at him and I said, Sir, can't do it. His answer to that was, I will destroy you. I will pull all the work that you have for our, I'll pull it all out. You don't understand me, do you? Unless we have lunch and you give me a certain amount of money, I am taking all the work out of you. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My dad, my dad was sort of speechless. I was a kind of talker upper. I said, I'm sorry. Can't do that. Can't do that. I mean, do what you will, but I can't do that. We will not buy our business under the table. And I told him, it's because I belong to Jesus. 
And he said, well, I don't care who you belong to. Unless you do this, you're done. End of lunch. A couple days after that luncheon, a salesperson came into my office because part of my job at the corporation was buy the steel for the parts we were making for this company and other companies. And he sat down and he said, hey, I got to tell you something. I said, what's that, man? What's, what's going on? He said, you know that guy at that corporation? He's out to destroy you destroy you. He is so ticked off and mad. He's out to destroy you. I told him, I said, you know, I said, I kind of smiled. I said, well, he really, whatever he, whatever he does is what he does, but let me tell you, tell you about the love of God. And I was able to share Jesus Christ to this salesman that was trying to give me the scoop on what's going on behind the scenes. So, it's uh, a little time passed, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I didn't, you know, you don't have to fight back. All you have to do is run to. Don't fight back. Run to. Run to your father that loves you. Run to your father that cares about you. Run to your father. That, that sent his son to, that you might have everything you need in life. And don't fear the intimidations of evil people. So I rested in that. Quickly after, a couple weeks after all this happened, lunching with this guy, information from a sales guy, all of a sudden they got a phone call and say, I'm the replacement for that man. And in that, early on that conversation with his replacement, I shared with him Jesus, and he says, I'm a Jesus follower also. And our business grew with that company instead of being destroyed by one man. You know, the God we serve is able to do amazing things beyond what you can ask or think. And, and, and people who are hurting you the worst, who are, who are just terrible to work with, and are, are just, uh, remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. And remember, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And he's, he knows how to save. He knows how to deliver. He knows how to help. He knows how to prosper. He knows how to heal. He knows how to help you. He's mighty God and everlasting Father. He's amazing. He's amazing. He, his heart is the desire, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. He desires to be occupied by our thinking. The, to our thinking is all about Jesus and who he is and what he, he did in our behalf. That keep our minds on that you're forgiven, you are loved, you are, you are a product of his great love for you. And remember always 
you're protected. You're protected. Don't fear somebody that can kill the body. Fear him who can kill the body and the spirit, soul, and you belong to him. So that's where's your sting. Where we have foundationally the power to live life at the fullest. In closing, I never saw, I was meditating once, the Holy Spirit said, you know, this is what I have lined up in the Beatitudes, how to be, who I am, in relation, in the relationship, all areas of your life. But the Holy Spirit then moved me and says, I want to reveal some to you, something to you in the Lord's Prayer. Open your eyes, Byron. I'm going to lead you in the Lord's Prayer of what you're actually saying when you recite or say the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, coming to that place of acknowledging who he is our Father in heaven. Holy be your name. Blessed are those who mourn. When you, when you, when you come to that place and you come to the end of your rope where, where your righteousness is not enough to appease the God of the universe. And when he says, when he says holy is your name, he's talking and calling us that place to see how good and holy he is and how loving he is towards you. And it's not about your performance. It's about his love for you, not as much your love for him. Then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed are the meek. Boy, that's a description of meekness. In other words, yield yourself to who he is the totalitarian of who he is. Who is he? Who is he? It's all about his kingdom come and his earth will be done in heaven, also in heaven. That, that's, a, that's a place of submitting to somebody that um, has an amazing love for you and me. Blessed are the meek who acknowledge that in Jesus, in Jesus. Give us his day our daily bread. In the prayer, right? What's next? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after me. Yeah. You know, it's, the, 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 it's amazing, the lineup here. You know, it says, give me a day our daily bread. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's, it's a part of, God can meet the nutritional value of food, but he also wants in part who he is in our lives. Who he is in our lives. And he says, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after me and who I am. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Amazing. Blessed are the merciful. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that right there in the Beatitudes? If, if I'm going to literally forgive others, isn't that an act of mercy? 
God is merciful over you and me. And he says he'll empower us to be merciful to people that may say words that are very hurtful. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Blessed are the poor in heart. Poor in heart. Isn't that line up? Isn't that line up? Leave me not in temptation. God, don't take me there. I don't want to do this. I want life transformation. And he's saying, I'll put in your heart a pure heart. A pure heart. And we can get that ready now. What are we talking about? It's, um, this was a Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and what he talked about, and he, and he talked about uh, everything you and I really need for life. Everything we ever need for life. And we see the connection between the Lord's Prayer and the Beatitudes, how we are, what should be our attitude, right? And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we don't realize that we're, we're actually praying the Beatitudes line for line. What we need to be and who we need to be and who we need to be. God is amazing, amazing, and I thought I would show this video one more time about when Jesus was giving this message on the mount and, and, and attracting people to come to him uh, and, and, and how he amazed people with his teaching that they, they even commented. They said, I never heard anything like this. I never heard anybody teaching like this. And and. And Jesus in that message was showing them in no uncertain terms that you and I missed the mark. Because if you and I are depending on our self-righteousness, sad day. We're dependent on his righteousness. His righteousness has cleansed us and washed us all clean. In this little video I showed once before, there was a man possibly hidden in the rocks listening to the Sermon on the Mount and taking it in. This man had leprosy. He was disconnected with his children, disconnected with his wife, disconnected with family, held out of, out of relationship of society because of this dread disease. And he was listening to the words of Jesus and wondering, man, this is affecting my life. Because when he, when he talked about the birds, of the, the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, and he said, could this be the son of God? Could this be the go-to person? I have a disease that there's no cure for. Could I even approach this person I'm hearing speak. Let's watch it. Born, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one. Amen. Amen. That always brings tears to my eyes. What an amazing God we have. You can turn the lights on. 
and the amazing God we have, you know, uh, there's no challenge too big that you and I face that he's not bigger. There's nothing we can face that, that is so overwhelming that we don't know the one who is the overcomer. You know, it's, uh, I love what Jesus talked about himself. You know, in me, in, in me, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So, as we worship him, and John brings us to a place of back again to worship. And remember, you know, in the beginning in Matthew 4, they were bringing all the people that in, it were in impossible situations, and Jesus healed them. At the end of his teaching, he met a leper that was helpless and hopeless and went to his feet, and he healed him. So whatever you're going through life, whatever is happening in your life, God is bigger. God is bigger than anything you and I have to face, whether it's health, relationships, or whatever. God is bigger. Just humbly yield him. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of the Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you, and have a great week.